This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Hog Hoops Live. I'm your host, Curtis Wilgerson. You can find me with the squad, Trey Biddy, Danny West, and Andrew Ellis over at Hogsports.com. Oh, boy. Arkansas loses to Vanderbilt in Bud Walton Arena. That is not ideal. Uh, a lot to unpack there. A lot of unanswered questions with this team right now. We're going to dive right into the good, the bad, and the ugly of all of it. Do our best to kind of diagnose what ails the Razorbacks right now. All that coming your way and more on Hawk Hoops Live. Alrighty, real quick, just a quick reminder uh, for everybody how to watch or listen. You know the drill. You can join us on Facebook Live. Be sure to give us a follow there. Um, also available on YouTube. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our YouTube page. Remember, Hog Hoops Live has its own separate YouTube page where we upload all these videos as well as some of our live stand-up shots after the games. Um, also available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it. The podcast will be right there where you find Trey's Hog Sports Live every week. Okay, let's get into it. Well, you know, we thought last year, you know, when Arkansas dropped four out of five, that it kind of hit rock bottom, right? I mean, at least then it was it was without Justin Smith uh, against four NCAA tournament teams. Three of those games were on the road. You know, fast forward to what we're witnessing right now, and the Hogs have lost four out of five again, but this time it includes taking an L to, you know, a Hofstra team that just lost to William & Mary. And then last night, losing at home to Vanderbilt to fall to 0-2 in SEC play for the first time in eight years. Eight-game winning streak to start the season in Bud Walton Arena was snapped. A seven-game winning streak against Vanderbilt dating back to the 2016-17 season was also snapped. It was rough. The Hogs let Jerry Stackhouse come in here in a turtleneck and beat him on their own floor. So I, I share the frustrations that many of you probably have right now, trust me. And yes, don't get me wrong, Vandy's better than they have been, for sure. They only had nine scholarship players available last night, and they're, listen, they're still highly likely to finish in the bottom third of the SEC. So for Arkansas's sake, in my opinion, let's hope that this is rock bottom for this particular group, and they can kind of start to dig out of what's really a fairly deep hole that they've kind of created for themselves here early on. Again, it's early January, right? There's tons of basketball left to be played. This group does have a lot to figure out, and we've been talking about it for several weeks now. Maybe this Vanderbilt game wasn't a must-win so much as it was kind of a can't-lose for the Razorbacks, right? They needed this one to kind of right the ship, get back on track, and, and maybe start stacking some wins. But at any rate, a 75-74 to loss last night, and, you know, Anytime you have a one-point loss, I think it's so easy to turn to specific instances from the game, right? What one thing could have changed? And so I, I think that's fair, you know. 
looking at it through that lens, you kind of glance at the box score to see what stands out. And, and honestly, uh, in this particular game, <clears throat> it was more of the same, right? Vanderbilt, who is not a good three-point shooting team by any stretch of the imagination, uh, they come in, they go 40% from three. They have 10 makes. Arkansas makes six three-pointers. They shoot 27%. So we see the poor three-point defense and the poor three-point shooting kind of rear its ugly head after it seemed like Arkansas was slowly kind of starting to correct that. So, you know, uh, looking at some other things here, Vanderbilt gets to the line 26 times. Um, they make 19 of those. That's 73%. Arkansas gets to the line a little bit more. They get to the free throw line 28 times, but they miss 10 free throws in a two-point game. Ugh. Arkansas forces 17 turnovers. They generate 23 points off of them. That's really good. But then they turned it over 14 times themselves, and it cost them 20 points. So that was kind of negated, right? So, you know, another thing that Musselman mentioned, they started the game, Arkansas did, 7 of 10 from the field, but they had five turnovers during that span. That doesn't make sense. It's kind of wild. Hogs got out-rebounded by seven. They lost in second-chance points. So some things in the stat sheet there that you look at and you go, man, maybe that could have been a little bit different and things would have been okay. So at any rate, some other things that stood out. You know, this team has struggled out of the gates really all year long. Uh, it, it was more of the same, I think, in this one. You know, you you win the tip, you run a post-up set for Jalen Williams right out of it, first set, turnover. Goes the other way, layup for Vanderbilt. You miss an off-the-bounce three on the next possession, and then you give up a three on the other end. Boom, it, it's five to nothing. Musselman's calling a timeout 72 seconds into the game. Okay? They overcame that. At Arkansas led by five at the half, but they come out to start the second half, and, and it was kind of a here-we-go-again situation. You get a steal right away, but then miss two free throws after getting fouled in transition. Arkansas misses a couple bunnies. Vandy scores on a fast break. There's a live ball turnover. Two more free throws for Vanderbilt. Musk gets pissed. He gets a tech. Two more free throws. Boom, the lead is gone. Two minutes in. That's tough. You know, those two stretches to start both halves aside, Arkansas did a lot of really good things, honestly, but you can't constantly be playing while you're digging yourself out of a hole with your own shovel. Self-inflicted wounds, a lot of it was nothing that Vanderbilt did, necessarily. You know, I wrote this in my post-game notebook, but you could almost sum up the full 40 minutes by the final second of each half. Right? It really looked pretty solid there late in the first half. Arkansas had kind of settled in. They built up a nine-point lead. I think it was 40-31 to 31 with about a minute to go. Uh, they put Pippen Jr., who had a big game, on the free throw line. He knocks down two free throws. And if you're Arkansas, you take a pull-up three with 10 seconds on the clock. Vandy gets out in transition. They blow an alley-oop. But then you're hit with that mixture of, like, bad luck and bad execution. So Tony grabs the board or the loose ball, but he loses it out of bounds. It's kind of a hustle play. Vanderbilt ball with .9 seconds left. They get it for a sideline out-of-bounds play. So Vanderbilt lines up in a stack set. You, you bring Connor Van over, your 7'3 guy in, and put him on the inbounder. 
but there's nobody protecting the rim on a play with a high probability of the ball going towards the rim. All right, they've got less than a second to go. Note chooses to go over the top of the screen. Pippen reads it well, curls it. He goes untouched to the rim for a layup to beat the horn. So Vanderbilt executes. Arkansas has a breakdown. Then late in the game, you know, and, and listen, uh, Arkansas has kind of struggled to, to like answer a, a punch with throwing one back, right? Answering a run with a run. Vandy goes on an 8-0 run to take a four-point lead. I think there was about six minutes left. But the Hogs kept battling this time. It's a little different than we've seen in some of these other losses. Uh, you know, it's a one-possession game with under a minute left. Chapman for Vanderbilt hits a three that felt like a backbreaker. Pushes out to a six-point game. But Arkansas continues to show some fight. There was some resiliency there that I, I don't think we've necessarily seen a lot of. Note gets an and one. It's a two-point game. Likes, who barely played. He only played 10 minutes in the game, but he gets a big steal on the inbounds. Uh, gets fouled, and, and this is where you kind of start to feel bad, I think, I do at least, for the Hogs, because this could have been a defining moment, I think, for this group, but they just couldn't quite break through. You, Chris Likes is literally the leader in the SEC and made free throws. He's, he's shooting close to 90%. It goes up there. He's been clutch for you in key moments all year, uh, splits the free throws, makes the first, misses the second that would have tied it. That's a little defa- deflating, but he gives great effort Comes up with the loose ball, kicks it out to a wide-open Jackson Robinson. If you're going to kick it out to somebody for a wide-open three, Jackson Robinson's the guy on the roster you want to get it to, misses the go-ahead three. Arkansas has to foul. Vanderbilt misses two free throws with nine seconds left. They're gift-wrapping this one for Arkansas at, at home. The Hogs get it up the floor in transition. You've got Stanley Amude, who's having a career night, Gets his shot blocked out of bounds on the layup attempt. But Arkansas gets another chance. One second left. Ironically, it's a sideline inbounds play now for Arkansas. Vandy converted one in the first half, right? Arkansas gets J.D. Note what's really a, a pretty clean look from three. There at the end, it rims out. Game over. And it, it's like Must said after the game, you know, he's not satisfied. The team isn't satisfied. The fans certainly are not satisfied. Arkansas played hard. They battled. They had several good looks there. They just didn't step up and make it. That's a tough one. And, and really, I think it all boils down to one thing for me. The season in a nutshell, it's consistency or, or lack thereof, I guess. I think that's by far the biggest issue with this group right now, and it trickles down to everything from offensive and defensive execution to lineups and rotations, just like the chemistry and the continuity on the floor. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like choosing the prize behind the mystery door instead of taking what's right in front of you, right? There could be a great reward, and, and we've said it a million times, like there's no denying the talent with this Arkansas team. There could also be a big nothing burger behind that door. You just have no idea. And, and right now, the only thing that can be expected with the Razorbacks is the unexpected. So when you're in that situation, it you know it feels like you know executing a game plan or a play or having the minutes distributed the way you planned out. That, that's extremely difficult to do. And I think there are several prime examples of that 
in this Vanderbilt game. First one that stands out to me, Devo Davis. He was a huge focal point of the scouting report, no doubt about it. He was going to be the primary defender on Scottie Pippen Jr. He's your point guard. Uh, and, and he was kind of a no-show in this one, right? So foul trouble forced you know the hand early. He picked up two fouls in the first five minutes. He sat the last 15 minutes of the first half. Tried to get him integrated after the break. He just didn't have it. Some some rough turnovers there and, and must had to get him out of there. But when that happens, you know, when a when a guy that's supposed to be a huge part of your game plan is only able to give you nine minutes, that's a huge adjustment. It impacts everything else. For example, JD Note, right? I mean, he he clearly had some rust, maybe a little fatigue. I doubt that the game plan was for him to play 37 minutes, spend a bunch of time guarding the SEC's leading scorer in Pippen and also handling the point guard duties the day after he comes off of an illness when he's been limited in practice since Christmas. So, you know, there's some inconsistency right now, too, from game to game. You think about, you know, for example, Jackson Robinson heating up, was really giving Arkansas a boost from three. Then the last two games he's gone two of seven and, and one of five. So there's some of that where you, you want to have a little bit better of a feel of what's going down from game to game, but also, I mean, it's in-game, like from half to half. So Stanley Amude, Audis Tony, they were tremendous. Tremendous. In fact, I think it's a shame that those performances they had last night were wasted in a losing effort. But I, I think they're both good examples of what I'm talking about here. You know, Stanley carries the team offensively in the first half. He scored 14 of the first 19 points for Arkansas. He goes 8 of 9 in the first half from the floor. He still did some good things in the second half, but he was only 3 of 11 from the floor. Got bit by the turnover bug a little bit. So it didn't carry over necessarily out of the locker room. Audis Tony only has 4 points at halftime. He comes out after the break. He goes for 16 on 5 of 5 shooting. It looks like he finally got back from Kansas City. In the second half, we've been waiting for that breakout, and that's great. Like I'm not being critical of those guys at all. Like I said, they were phenomenal, but I think the disparities from half to half are a common theme up and down the lineup, not just those guys. So my, my point, I guess, in saying that is what is your sure thing right now if, if you're Arkansas? What can you rely on? And I don't, I don't think we know yet. We don't know. They don't know. Must doesn't know. So when you get to a last-second play, like last night, needing to draw up the winning formula, uh, where do you go? Who do you turn to? Probably should have been figured out by now, but it's not. And, and if and when that does happen, I think that's when we'll start to see games like last night indifferently. They start to establish that identity. Roles. Who's the go-to guy? Who are the closers? And we're halfway into the season. We don't know yet. You're looking at this from a maybe a big picture viewpoint. You know, Arkansas is not in a great spot right now. And last week, I think I said on this show that, you know, my level of concern was probably like a six. And I, I think you can bump me up to about an eight at this point. Given, and I've kind of readjusted my expectations, but given you know, the preseason hype, um, this is not necessarily where Arkansas wanted to be. When it comes to postseason 
March Madness and all that, the, the discussion is over for me at this point. There's nothing on the resume right now that even suggests they should be on the radar. It doesn't mean they can't get there. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, obviously, there's 17 games left to play. Uh, but I do think at this point there's no other healthy way to approach the season besides just taking it one game at a time. Who's next on the schedule? How does Arkansas take one step forward every night? How do they establish their identity? Like we've, like we've talked about, it has to start with consistency from player to player, from staff to team, from game to game, half to half. I do think you have some things to build on. Last night, I mean, you got you got the Stanley Amude and Audis Tony you expected to get out of the transfer portal. It's what you thought you were getting. You surround that with, with the good versions of JD, Devo, J. Will, and, and guys like that on a consistent basis. You've got the formula of a team that's capable of rattling off some wins. You know, the execution, uh, the shot making wasn't necessarily there down the stretch. I think Arkansas closed 2 of 10 from the field, uh, even though they kind of made a furious rally there at the end. Uh, but, you know, after what we saw against Oklahoma and Hofstra and Mississippi State, didn't you like some of the fight and some of the grit that the Razorbacks showed? You know, Arkansas didn't land the knockout blow last night, but they did punch back. They put up a fight. And I, I know what you're thinking right now, like, cool. Like, you put up a fight against Vanderbilt at home and you lost. I, I get it. We're looking for silver linings here, all right? Positivity, that's what I'm going for. So, you know, I think this is a group that wanted it, and they've looked complacent at times. I think that can be a sign of things coming together, hopefully, you know, slowly but surely, and, and look, I don't, I don't have the answers. I, I mean, I, I, listen, I did coach college ball for eight years. I try to put myself in muscleman's shoes the best I can. You know, some of these little things, silver linings, it might seem like grassman at straws, but I think that these guys might need uh, to be built up a little bit, kind of refilled with some confidence. Um, you know, there's something to be said for like faking it until you make it, right? So one game at a time. Texas A&M is up next. They're 12 and two. They they beat Georgia on the road uh, on a last second shot last night. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your 
your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. On the road to College Station, it's not going to be easy, but all you can do is control what's right in front of you. So go in there, rally the troops, get a W, get a little feel-good back, a little bit of swagger back, and then see if you can start stacking them from there. There's a lot of ball left to be played. Got quite a few questions and comments today. I always like getting to those. Uh, just a few from the Razor's Edge message boards, and then we'll hop over into the chat. But uh, Junkyard Hog says, I'm, I'm ready for the frosh to get here. Who's with me? Hey, bring them on. You know, we're, we're excited about that recruiting class, number two class in the country. Um, you know, obviously there's been a little bit of disappointment and the consistency of some of the transfer additions so far this season, a lot of basketball left to be played, but you know, they're going to be all over the portal again. It's going to be a good team. Next year is going to be really exciting. And I do think another reason why you'd like to see things get turned around this year is because you want to have more men, you know, some more momentum for what's to come. Eric Muscleman 18 says, can you delve uh, into any insight of what has come apart with Devo? Was a bit surprised at Muss's bite his tongue response in the press conference. Right. So, yeah. Again, it was a little bit of a a rough night there for Devo. Uh, we talked about the foul trouble. He had three just rough turnovers, nine minutes. Um, you know, that's the third game this season where he hasn't had a shot attempt. Uh, he had no stats, actually. No no points, no shots, no rebounds, no steals, no assists, nothing. Um, that's tough. I, I do think, you know, to, to speak to that moment in the press conference that you were talking about, I think it actually looked worse than it was. We were told right before Musk was asked if, if Devo was sick or if he was out of sync or, or what was going on there, that, that was going to be the final question. So it wasn't like, you know, Musk just didn't like it and he, he's got up and dipped out. The, the press conference was over. Um, so when he was done with his response, he got up and left. Right. So I, I wouldn't read too much into that, but as far as what he said, his response to the question was, that's a good question. Didn't play very well. I mean, I didn't actually have a problem with that. I, you know, that close, you're 10 minutes after the game or whatever. Must is the type of guy that probably wanted to open up with a, a pretty significant rant about it. Because we know Devo's better than that. Devo knows he's better than that. Uh, but, you know, he took the high road, gave a short answer, and, and moved on. So, I don't know. I, I didn't think too much of that, I, I don't guess. You know, as far as what's come apart with Devo, I, ask me again after Saturday, right? I mean, like I said, that, that's three games now this year where he hasn't taken a single shot, but... He's also had some where he's scored at a at an elite level, somewhere he's distributed like he's Chris Paul. I, I think it just goes back to that consistency, right? It's not just him; it, it's it's across the board. So, uh, you know, last night though, admittedly, that was definitely one he would like to have back. He didn't have it. 
Junkyard Hog also asks if, if the officiating was as bad as Mus's body language showed the whole game. <laughs> I mean, uh, look, hey, we know Mus likes to get animated <laughs> with the with the refs. Those guys are going to get an earful no matter what. But really, I mean, 47 fouls and 54 free throws, that feels a little bit excessive to me. Personally, I thought Pippen kind of got the superstar treatment with some of the whistles that he drew, but it is what it is, I guess. I get it, though. When you have that many foul calls, it just makes the game clunky. It it makes it difficult to get into the rhythm and find a flow. It's something Arkansas struggles with anyway. Hog Sports with a Z. Asked, do you project us in the bottom of the SEC at this point? Nah, not the bottom. I think middle of the pack, probably. Uh, the question is, are you going to be in the high end of that or the low end, right? I think this team still has <laughs> plenty of reason to feel like they'll figure it out to a degree, and, and they could finish fifth or so. Being 0-2 is, is it's a difficult hole to dig out of, especially when your schedule's backloaded. But, uh, you know, I, I think they could finish somewhere in that range. They could also be closer to 10th. We'll see. I mean, it's a, it's a very – tough league this year um so there's no doubt that Arkansas needs to be playing its best basketball here sooner rather than later uh, if they want to want to finish in a good standing hog jackets one asked how much of this season is on coaching um then you drink a water for this one you know what I would I would probably call it at least 50 50 because um, I think while you know the inconsistency of some of the players so far makes it really d- a, a difficult or a challenging team to coach when it comes to making tweaks and adjustments and, and being able to rely on your game plan um, but at the same time I mean the coaching staff did assemble this roster they have been with them since May. So it's and it's always it's a shared responsibility. Coaches, you know, they could do a better job. The players could do a better job. I think the main thing is it just has to. It's like putting all the ingredients in a pot, and then coming out with a good final dish, right? I mean, it's just, it's just got to all come together. Lamont seventy nine asked, as much as Must knows about basketball, why do you think they whiffed on a point guard? Uh, did they think they had a ball handler already? Yeah, you know, I've been saying this since the day after the loss in the Elite Eight to Baylor that I felt like that game changed the line of thinking for Muss and and his his approach into the portal. I think the emphasis became adding playmakers and not so much, you know, distributors or the the typical point guard types he's used with like a Jimmy Witt, a Jalen Tate. Right, so hence the move of we're talking about playmakers. Hence moving Devo over to point, bringing in a guy like a Chris Likes over maybe a more traditional point guard type. Um, so I think that's probably it. You know, I I think they also know that you know they were gonna have the ball in JD Nothe's hands a lot. That could be something to do with it. The return of Houston Nutburner says, can it be fixed? 
Well, I think some of it can. Like, I don't, I don't think this team is suddenly going to be, uh, you know, great at shooting the three. So some deficiencies kind of are what they are. Uh, but if you can get your top six, seven guys giving you some consistency, I think you'll see the chemistry and the results start to improve pretty quickly for you. Final couple here uh, from, from STL Razor. Uh, it's just trying to, sounds like he's just trying to trying to diagnose the problems a little bit. Uh, the players not having clearly defined roles, is that part of it? Yeah, I think that comes with consistency. It's hard to define roles when you don't necessarily know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, does Must need to simplify things for the players? Uh, is he asking different players to do more than they're capable of doing? Um, yeah, maybe so, a little bit. You're trying to figure some things out. Is there a way to simplify things, have them thinking a little bit less? I think that's fair. <clears throat> All right. Let's move over to the chat. Want to get to some questions here. Larry Vineyard said, Muscleman is a fraud. Come on now. You don't believe that. You don't believe that. He's got a proven track record, 20 wins a season. They've had some struggles. They'll get it right. Keith Washington says, we need more scoring out of Jalen Williams. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think if he can balance what he's able to do as a rebounder, um, a passer, a charge taker, with, with giving him a little bit of a more of a boost in scoring, he only had two shot attempts last night, I think that would definitely help. Alex Hamilton says, Woo Pig, even in the hard times, but what can this team do to bond together and play cohesive basketball? I think that's what we talked about, just finding some consistency, getting a little confidence back. They're going to have to take it one game at a time. That's where they're at right now, one game at a time. Get a little bit of confidence going, start stacking some wins, take it from there. Carl Monger says, we have a great basketball coach, but he needs to be controlled. Um, eh, I don't know. I wouldn't get too overreactive to that kind of stuff in, in losses. You know, he's an animated guy. He's passionate. Wouldn't sweat it. Sharon Pretty Magaha says, woo pig suey. It was a nail biter. Yeah, that was definitely a nail biter. Michael Broadway says, need to attack the basket and stop making stupid shots because we were afraid to drive the ball. Yeah, you know, I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive off the bounce. I thought they did a good job of getting to the free throw line, which is what you want to see. Um, but yeah, they could be a little bit better about that and, and using the drive to set up drive and kick, like easy rhythm catch and shoot threes as opposed to pulling up off the dribble. That would definitely help them. Philip Warren says, who do you think the guy is on our team right now and who do you think it should be? It's probably J.D. Note right now. Um, I mean, he's he's your leading scorer, right, and, and probably the best creator of offense. Uh, who do I think it should be? Him, uh, you know, Stanley Amude is a guy who's really emerging. 
I think he fits the role or the uh, maybe the, the build or the profile. Right, he's six six, athletic, uh, can can score it at all three levels. So maybe he could be the guy. What's going on with Devo? We talked about it. Just just some struggles right now. Um, with consistency, and, and maybe it's the position change. People have talked about the NIL deals. I, I don't know. Uh, but we know what he's capable of, and, and he's shown plenty of flashes of it. Just need to start seeing it from game to game on a regular basis. Bobby Brown Jr. also says, and, and why doesn't he throw KK out there, let him make mistakes? He will never get comfortable if he's not playing and learning through experience. Yeah, KK's gotten some decent run the last few games. He didn't get in last night against Vanderbilt. Um, you know, I, I think if, if other guards continue to struggle, you saw Chris Likes, his minutes really decreased quite a, quite a bit. He only played 10 minutes. Devo only played nine minutes, and KK didn't get in there. So um, I don't know if, if he wasn't feeling well or if maybe that's just kind of where he's at in the pecking order right now. But I do think he's a talented player. Yancey Long says, in your opinion, how much of the gameplay, et cetera, is on the players and how much is on the coaching staff? Uh, we we kind of talked about that. I kind of hit on that a little bit earlier. Wes Miller says, do you think JD was at 100% last night? Nah, not necessarily. Um, his shot looked a little bit short. I think he was maybe a little bit winded and fatigued, uh, especially down the stretch. You know, there's a, a few days there where he couldn't practice coming back from Christmas break. That was after they had taken a break. And then he was limited the last few days in practice. So uh, your win can go on you pretty quick. Brandon Tubbs says, we can still turn it around. We played hard last night and had a chance. Muss is one of the best coaches in basketball, and he'll figure it out. We've <laughs> we got to quit complaining all the time and realize these players are still learning each other's tendencies. Yeah, it it's... Uh, you know, every team's a little bit different on when it clicks, right? Sometimes it happens right away, you know, from, from opening night. Those are the special teams. They get all the pieces working together in unison right away. Um, you know, for Arkansas last year, it was about this time of the year when it really started to click. Um, and, you know, for this group, maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it'll be, you know, in a couple weeks. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, no no reason to give up on him yet. Still 17 games of basketball left to be played. Wes Miller says, any chance on Anthony Black? When will he announce? Um, well, yeah, I've, I've kind of maintained the same thought process on, on Anthony for a while. Uh, because of his eligibility issue at Duncanville, you know, he's the guy that was probably going to wait a little bit you know he didn't sign during the early period or commit um, I've heard some rumblings that that he might be looking at now that he's gotten that figured out he's back on the court he's playing with his high school team which is great to see uh, I've heard that he might be looking at and making a decision at least on a commitment maybe late this month early next month um, I, I do think Oklahoma State and and Gonzaga are probably uh, your leaders there right now but Arkansas is still very much involved they like Arkansas Anthony does, his mom does, so listen, until he signs on the dotted line somewhere else, I would definitely continue to recruit him. Yancey Long says, this team seems to not get very many easy buckets. We have to work for every basket we get. Yeah, um, you know, there's some truth to that. 
And I think, I think some of that right now is because the team is struggling uh, to shoot from the perimeter. So defenses can pack in the lane without you making them pay for it. Right. So it kind of decreases driving lanes. Um, that makes it difficult to kind of get those layups or, the, or those easy looks. But I agree. Yeah, they, they do have to work pretty hard for what they get. Pretty good last night overall, like 46% from the field, struggled from three in the free throw line. They were better in transition than they have been. Dell MHS says, Scotty Pippen Sr. shouldn't be allowed to converse with the refs. It was pretty cool to see Scotty Pippen Sr. there, courtside, though. His son's a good player. All right. I think that's just about going to do it for today. That's all our questions and comments. Uh, you know, still a work in progress, and I'm going to take it one game at a time and, and continue to hope that these guys figure it out. I, I think they will. Eventually, they showed some signs. Yeah, even if we didn't want to see it, they showed some signs last night. So hang in there. Big game this weekend. They need to get this one in College Station uh, against Texas A&M. They return to action, I believe, on Tuesday. They'll host Missouri. And we'll be back for the next episode of Hawk Hoops Live on Wednesday to talk about it all. Hopefully, we're talking about two victories. This show is a lot more fun to do after Arkansas wins some games, right? All right. Appreciate you guys, as always. This has been Curtis Wilkerson with hogsports.com. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.